check. Welcome, one and all, to the Wallbreakers Podcast. This is Dale Sam hosting this week. I'm going to introduce my man on the right here, Mr. Gee of the Horny Sluts. I'm on the right? Okay, I'm in front of you, but that's fine. Guys, Gee of the Horn, how's everyone doing? Gee of the Horny Sluts. Uh, it is I, Flute Man. Hello, everybody. This is Gilbert Godfrey replacing <laughs> Stefan Skins. Unfortunately, he had to go to the hospital for a penis accident. <laughs> oh, shit. Was it a big one? It was massive. Oh, my man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is Stefan Skins. Hey, and, and last but certainly not least, <laughs> this is Joran the chemist, and I don't know. What the fuck happened? <laughs> so he, he's not he's not sure what 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 to think. Yeah, of. I'm just gonna go back playing my switch. Fuck this, shit. <laughs> I, I, this is too early. It's too, too early for this. Joe Ren, it's 11:15 in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bro. Oh my god. Anyway, um, we're we're gonna start with a weekly recap. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start us off. You don't need to say weekly recap. That's just yeah, you us. do. I'm saying it for the audience. Fuck off. Okay, who's off? Me. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Kurama, or for those of you who are not weebs, oh the nine-tailed God. fox has officially died in the Boruto manga. And let me just say, I knew I didn't like that manga as you soon as it came GT? out. <laughs> and. This is why. I knew it was going to end up as shit, and this is fucking why. Honestly, we have to talk about this. We're all a bunch of weebs. And to be honest, this is historic. Yeah. I'm not a weeb. I just enjoy anime casually. There are large cities in Japan that are mourning his death in the anime. Really? They they made an... an inflatable little nine tails to commemorate his death. I actually want to like uh, play the first few seconds of the song just for his memory. Copyrighted. Shit. Stupid. Uh, that was copyrighted, and I, I, yeah, we're we're gonna totally. You guys are not gonna hear what we're we just. We're gonna replace that with yakety sax. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, hey, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the name of the song, Stefan, because we're, we're just going to, like, blur that blur that one out. Okay, so, I, if I'm not mistaken, the name of the song is called Shalala, right? Something like that. I don't yeah. know. It's a, I highly recommend it. It's the Naruto fifth, uh, Shippuden fifth opening. Amazing song. You know, the, the manga was getting better until that happened. And now... I'm back into my loathing hatred for Boruto. Why do you keep reading it? I don't need it? to watch the anime. What? Fuck Why do you keep reading it? I am not reading it. I see this on the news. Have you ever heard of a masochist, Then just turn Jaren? the news off. Huh? No. Have you ever heard of a masochist? Yes. He I is one. one. <laughs> Sue me. I respect your decision. I know. Good for you. <laughs> so, and you too. Good for you. So yeah, yeah. That, f- that was my weekly recap. Do you guys have anything you want to bring up in the weekly recap? Did you guys see the Mortal Kombat trailer? We'll talk about we're we're gonna later. talk about oh, that. It's a, it's a topic. It's an it's its own topic. It's its own topic. Oh, 
I started meal prepping recently this week. Nice. And I gotta say, he doesn't prep it by himself. No, I by the way, his I, mommy does it for him. No, I pay someone else to do it. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. That is very wide of you. If you want a recommendation, it's called Five Dollar Meals. It's eighty-five bucks for fi- for like fifteen meals. So you're not sponsored. <laughs> oh, not sponsored. Yeah. Um, still very wide of you. Yeah. Well, get this. I'll be right back. Well, I'm getting my vitamin water. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's actually since we're weaving out a little bit, let's talk about uh, Demon Slayer season, season two, two is coming out. Have any of you seen the movie? Is the movie come out yet? It's coming. It came out in Japan already. Okay. It's coming out here, I believe, in March, if not April. I saw the fight between the the fire Hashira and uh, Homo- one of the twelve demons. Embu no Hashira, Kyojuro Rengoku. Yeah. I also, um, I'm a full read. I follow. I follow a lot of media news. Apparently, the second season is like super brutal. Is that true? Yes. Oh shit! Season, like I, certain countries are actually considering not putting it on. I'm sorry. You mean the manga? And yes. Oh yeah, the manga. It, it, it is brutal. His this one is is people die significantly in, oh, in horrible ways. It's like a game got kill. Just the everyone dies. Okay. So my week, uh, I think the last time I hosted, I, I showed I, I had a good little guitar thing I built. Oh, that's right. I took it apart because I didn't like it. And I built it even better than before. I, I saw your Instagram post on that. That looked nice. Yeah. Also, follow, follow me at Cali Flute Man. Uh, I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> He's been lonely since before the pandemic, people. Help him. He's tired of paying for subs. Do it. <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't get paid for subs. I don't have that kind of money. I got I to gotta save. But no. So I, I finished the guitar. Uh, it's all nicely oiled. And it's all pretty now. Yes, if once again, if you if you don't follow Kai Flute Man, you won't, you won't see it. Um, but if so, follow and you'll there'll, there'll be pictures of like the prog- the process that I, I I went through and also uh, the final the final product and video two videos of, of me playing it. And as someone who thinks that everything is cringe, this guy's quality. I'm telling oh, and you. You know what? Uh, be sure to follow his OnlyFans page. <laughs> for some uh, behind the scenes things, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely nobody wants to see that. John, do the thing. <laughs> Everybody wants to see that, John. No. Yes. Only, so, oh. I just realized like, it'd be funny if his only fan page was called Kali Flauta. <laughs> 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 Not everything on OnlyFans has to be sexual. There are some people who use it just to, just to get extra money. But there's in a, this case, it is sexual. So. Yeah, but there there's a dude on OnlyFans who legit just washes dishes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, what? That's content. No, 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 no. Let's back it down a bit. How do you know this? I'm a memer, so I, I, of course I would know these things. Oh, I was... I, thought I, you I say, call... Oh, I don't I, go to Pornhub anymore. It's not the place to go anymore because they took down 80% of the videos. You go You go to OnlyFans? Pornhub? No, I don't pay. Good. I was gonna Let me guess. X-Hamster. I don't, I don't trust X-Hamster. No, you just go to Instagram. Yeah. I go, go to Twitter. Does out. Instagram have porn? I mean... They have softcore they have porn enough. and Twitter has actual porn. Well, Twitter, I know, has actual oh, hardcore fuck. porn. That's true. That's yeah. true. Also, if you're on Reddit, be careful. Some, <laughs> some subreddits are, are, are lewd, but not all of them, obviously. I don't know. I don't... Javon, do the thing. Twitter. Do no, the no, thing. 
no friend. We're supposed to talk about today. This is right. We're still on the weekly recap, dude. We're still on the weekly recap. We're, we, we still oh, need to go around and uh, give the horns stories. And I think oh. Jesus is like, no, wait. Yeah, we, we're pressed for time. So, <sighs> we have one more thing in the weekly recap to talk about. And that is the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Ooh. No. Yeah. Not getting involved in that? I showed my dad. He's like, they want money. Of course they I do. Of course they do. Also... It's not a it's, it's not a director's cut. If you added scenes, they didn't. No, uh, I will say the no, no, they added the Joker scenes. So, no, what they did is they restored those scenes. So what happened in the original Justice League cut is they had shot the original one, but because Josh Whedon took over the project, about. I would say about a quarter of the original cut was actually used, and then the rest were reshoots with Josh Whedon. This is the original Zack Snyder cut, so they didn't reshoot anything. It's just all his, the original work that he had that he had shot in the first place. I'll be honest, I don't think so, because uh, if you remember how the Joker was, um, in the very first trailer, how the Joker was dressed and all that, we didn't even see that. In in that, uh, I know. I heard that like that a lot movie. of Jared Leto's uh, scenes as the Joker were like new in the movie. They are in the Jacks in the snack. Zack Snyder cut. I was gonna say snack, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not a cut. If you had to add footage, that was not previously here's the thing. there. He didn't add footage. What? He, so this is his. This is his version of the movie. This isn't the movie that was shown in theaters. This uh. is, or it's not even the. It's not even the one that he's associated with because, again, when Josh Whedon took over the project, that's when everybody said that movie went downhill because he only used about a quarter of the shots that... I wouldn't believe Josh Whedon, honestly. And and the vibe was very, very different from Mm -hmm. what it was. And now... People complain about the DC movies being dark. I honestly love it. Yeah. Yeah, Like, they're not... It's not dark. Their tone was like uh, they they complained that the Man of Steel was kind of was kind of a dark movie. It was which I don't agree with. It it wasn't up until the last. scene. He just didn't smile. No no no. Up until the last scene, it wasn't dark. And then the last scene where he kills Zod, that was the first time we had ever really seen a, a DC superhero kill someone on screen, as far as I know, which I think was you know, it was a good telling of what kind of Superman they were going for. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, honestly, that scene. I love it. A lot of people, well, from what I hear, a lot of people didn't like back in the day. No, I um, still don't it, like it. It's a very it's a very powerful scene. What scene? Where, what? The death of Zod. Yeah, when oh, Superman yeah. kills Zod. For me, it's it's a powerful scene. It is a very powerful scene. I actually like that scene. Wait a minute. Because um, at that point, he, he chose where he was from. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, it, it's, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where you had to choose between one thing and another. Oh, yeah. And it was very serious, but I mean, just him there, him having to make that decision uh, really was a really powerful thing. Because at that point, that whole neck stop breaking was basically his psyche breaking. Yeah. No, and th- and that's why I like both the look on his face just before he's about to snap his neck, and then what he does afterwards, where he yells out that that primal scream, where it's just like even though he's 
it it's over, it's done. That doesn't mean that he's done with it yet. Yeah, because he chose he chose basically who his family was, but at the same time, he can no longer go back or see anyone of his own kind. Mm-hmm. He's ultimately alone, alone now, now mm-hmm. choosing who he's gonna fight for and where he's from. Mm-hmm. That's I liked the movie. Uh, the Justice League cut. No. Uh, it looks cool. But um, the only thing that I want them to keep, hopefully, is uh, the the last, I think, the last third of it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's watching that fight and watching how the superheroes reacted, especially Superman. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, his character changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much. It actually reminded me of... Um, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, Justice League Unlimited and... No, the Justice League cartoons. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking forward to also is the new design for Steppenwolf. He actually looks cool mm-hmm. in the trailer. Definitely. Oh man, because I remember seeing him in the in the theater. And I'm just like, his design was just so underwhelming. Yeah. I will never shut my mouth about how Superman died way too early in the story. I will agree. I will grant you that. That that Doomsday that is true. came way. I don't. I don't want to hear that. Oh, that's not the real Doomsday. Shut up. That they, was Doomsday. They called it Doomsday. That's what they made him out to be. So, no, I, I agree with you. He died way too early. And and, and the thing is, it's just like, we have this um, Justice League Unlimited version of Superman in the movie, but that wasn't the Superman in the Man of Steel. Like, there's no consistency. And don't tell me that the death changed him, because that, that, that's dumb. No, I'm not going to say the death changed him. Um... I will say that we didn't really get to see how, especially in Batman versus Superman, we didn't really get to see how becoming a public hero had really started to change him. We, we sort of saw it, that he was trying to balance out the the superhero, the work life, and then the relationship with Lois Lane. Mm. But we didn't really get to see too much of that. So I'm not going to say it was the death that changed him. I'm just going to say, I'm going to blame it on the fact that we didn't see any character development. Uh in that movie for for Superman, we saw it mostly for Batman. Honestly, I I don't like. And I know everyone says, "Oh, Superman was too dark," and uh, I won't say he. I won't say he's dark. There's, there's a term called grim dark, mm-hmm. where it's it's people's attempt. It's 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 it's. I think it's, I think it's like, a, like a writer's term, where it's it's someone's attempt to be re, to to be realistic, but they people but the person just think realism equals dark, mm-hmm. which is not true. Um, because you can have realism within the rules of its own universe, and that would be realism. Yeah. Um, for example, like I'm going to go off a little, little bit of a tangent. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, the the spirits were very like, you know, orange and blue morality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not black and white. Um, but then you go, go to Korra, and things completely like it's like the rules of the world almost changed. When no, realistically speaking, you, you got to maintain within your own rules. But what I, but what I'm getting at is um. Superman doesn't have to be this go-lucky, happy guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would uh, at least, first of all, I would love to have seen him smile. You brought up that point, Gee, that he didn't smile. He should have smiled at least once, mm-hmm. genuinely. But also, all these bad things happen to him. You know, his 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 foster dad dies, which he, that doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's supposed to have both of his parents into adulthood. Whatever, if you want to make that change, fine. 
But the thing is, no, these things don't make you happy. But as this paragon hero, this this symbol of hope, even as as a kid or whatever, or in his younger days, he shouldn't have to be so, I don't know, just he... He needs to maintain a positive attitude. He doesn't need to be happy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to like, you know, be like oh yeah, nothing, nothing ever happened. But there's just this like, I'm here. I'm I'm stronger for it. I'm moving forward, kind of thing. But I don't get I don't get that with, with the Superman. I See, think uh, the the thing the difference between Superman in the in the animated series and the Superman now is that. Um, you know, you, you brought up the whole his dad died in <laughs> uh, the Man of Steel as opposed to in in the comics and in the, in the comics and the lore. Um, I think the difference between the two is that this Superman actually was learning, I guess, about you know all these different things on the job because he had that parental support mm-hmm. and that love and care that you know those uh, the Kents gave him mm-hmm. which you know if you think about it as children that's where our morals come from mm-hmm. yeah. now in the man of steel you know and I, I didn't like it so much that but i understood the reasons why the dad said don't show your powers don't do this mm-hmm. don't do that and when the dad died he was like don't come yeah, no, and and save me. and that that I think is what made it darker. I don't think the death of his dad is actually what made him so dark and so you know. No, that's all I said. No, I I said like, um, the death. I mean, if you want to bring the death, cool. Like mm-hmm. I I said, like, if you want to make that narrative change, fine. Mm-hmm. But to Superman's reaction to it, um, shouldn't have been you know mopey and all that. Like he's not Batman. We'll see. He's, no, but, he's not Batman. No, but, he should have. Here, here's the thing. I think what they were going with this Superman was a lot different than what they've done in a lot of other Supermans, which is, this is a Superman that, unlike in his comic book iterations and unlike in his show iterations, his foster parents, even though they loved him, they knew that the world around him would never truly accept him. And so they told him to deny every part of himself, essentially. Um, now, in the comic books, they told him, you just can't do it out in front of other people can't you can't do it in front of the public because they wouldn't understand but they let him do it at home from what i gathered in in the man of steel movie that wasn't the case they told him don't use your powers at all don't use this unless you know unless we say it's okay don't do it i think that mentality comes there's a psychology involved with that um and part of that is you know denying parts of himself and so after his father died the main person who was always telling him you know don't use your powers don't do this don't do that after his father died, he still had that voice in his head. And so as he started growing up and things started to happen, he started having that, you know, moral debate of should I use my powers for good or should I continue to do nothing? It's it's that whole um, as opposed to how should I use my powers? It's it's the whole idea of with great power comes great responsibility. It's, it's that same dynamic. But in, in this case, you know, he has it so rooted in his head by one of the people that he loves the most that he shouldn't use his powers under any circumstances and so he's kind of wrestling with that idea and wrestling with that idea can definitely make a person darker but like i said i think the reason why he suddenly became so much you know happier in justice league is because he had now had that time and acceptance of people you know accepting who he was accepting you know the that the kind of person 
essentially proving his dad wrong that the world could accept him, that they could adapt to his to to him. One scene that I love from uh, that uh, Batman vs Superman was the explosion of uh, the Superior Court. Uh, because while we thought you know everyone died, we don't think about how indestructible Superman is. He's just there watching it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he sees, you know, all the bodies burn and stuff like that and seeing everything. He knows they're going to blame me for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just. That's just another that that's just another scene that shows how different he is from everyone else. Yeah, because literally he's just standing there. He can't do anything. He. I, I, I believe watching the chaos. I believe this Superman is most closely related to the Superman from The Dark Knight Returns in that he obeys the law to such a degree that it's almost a, a flaw. So he could have saved everybody. He's more than fast enough to, to have done that. But because he he was under interrogation, he was technically not supposed to use his powers. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't use his powers to save the people in that courthouse. And I, I I think, again, that's part of, you know, what makes this Superman have a darker tone is the fact that he has so many flaws, not just psychological, but more morality speaking. Um, I don't think morality. It's just it's the fact that uh, he started to question what his morals were at an earlier age than in the comics. Because in the comics, that's he already he already had his more in in the comics he already had his his morals, mm-hmm. but going into the field into the field and saving people and going through all the stuff that he was going through, mm-hmm. his morals changed and were questioned at that time. But he mm-hmm. already he already had a base for what he thought was right and wrong. Yes, as opposed to then where he just started questioning himself and what his morals would be he didn't have a basis definitely um but we're talking a little bit too much about this i was gonna say we need to Uh, wrap it up i I would love to debate more but let's let's go let's let's move on so we're gonna talk about this subject for at most 20 minutes because we 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 talked a lot uh wait joren did you say your weekly recap Uh, i didn't really have any oh you didn't have any Okay. You didn't ask I, I, I apologize. As we were taking up too much time. Yes. Um, so our next topic is the Gina Carano situation. Like further discussing it a little bit. But mostly we're going to be talking about the Daily Wire essentially declaring war on Hollywood. Um, so again, Gina Carano situation, pretty fucked up. The good news about the situation if there is good news to have is that now she's going to be able to produce and direct and star in her own film for the daily wire and now the daily wire is essentially coming out openly and saying that they want to declare war on hollywood specifically Mm -hmm. under the pretenses of political correctness Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys know this but they actually already released a film recently earlier either late last year early this year it's called a hide run kill have you ever heard of it? No. Well, what's it about? It's about this uh, girl uh, who goes to school. Uh, she uh, what ends up happening is these kids like uh, crash into the cafeteria, and they start like uh, 
holding kids were like hostages and like little by little killing them. Oh, that's right. You met you. You told me about it. Yeah. And what little do they realize? The main character, she actually has a father who trained her to hunt. Nice. So um, at first, like she was like running away from these kids and she managed to get out of the building. All of a sudden, something switched in her head. She turned around and marched right back into the school. Nice. America. And, and let me guess, the the far left had an issue with her taking up arms against the people that were in the school. Uh, I, I have to assume so, because if you actually look up uh, critic re- critic reviews online, they like at most you get 22%, but from the audience, it's like almost 100. Yeah. It's, I have to be honest, I'm actually seeing some bias here, because uh, do you guys remember the Dave Chappelle Sticks and Stones? Yeah. Did you know that got a 9% review on Metacritic and uh, oh, Rotten yeah. Tomato? Oh, I know. They they tried to they tried to push it down, but guess what? The audience review was mm. fucking through the roof. Yeah. My question: uh, What was the movie about again? It's about a girl who is involved in a in a mass shooting situation in a high school. She manages to escape, but she decides to go back in and kill. Them. Yeah, I've actually. Uh, funny enough, I didn't know. Uh, I saw clips of the movie. She's white, right? Yeah, she's Blonde, white. Skinny. She tried to escape through the roof, but she fell through in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a sad, sad movie because you see a bunch of kids you know, shot, especially in front of her. Mm-hmm. But she goes back and retaliates. and Yeah. Honestly, I, I, have, you ever, have you guys ever been through those classes in college? What, what classes? The sh- the shoe like the oh you mean the a, if there's a the training gunner yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh I've had this talk with my friends from university as well yeah yeah they I don't know if it was the teacher I had or maybe it was in high school with uh, my senior year but uh, you know techniques for avoiding ultimately if you need to fight you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like putting desks in front of the door because when they open the door, you know, they'll, they'll shoot the first thing that they see. Yeah. And, you know, tackling those people. In all honesty, um, if you think about it, that's kind of what she did. And that's saying, you know, go, going, obviously going, going back is not something that one should do, but in, in the situation at hand, um, she probably saved. A bunch of lives because let's be honest uh and i saw this the school didn't even know that there was an active shooter shooter on campus which to me is ridiculous yeah we'll see it's funny because they never know until people start dying until the until the gunshots are loud enough they will never know that there's an active shooter on campus because most people as soon as they see an active shooter or someone with a gun their first instinct isn't to isn't to call anybody if if, if unless it's the cops and even then that's not their first instinct. Their first instinct is to hide. Yeah. Um, you might get people who are brave enough to, you know, call somebody or who are stupid enough to try to confront the people uh, with no training. They're trying to talk them down. And what's really interesting, I don't know if you guys could tell, but I feel like a lot of like uh, industries, like uh, especially in Hollywood, are afraid to kind of touch this kind of subject because of current events. Oh, yeah. And I think it's interesting that Daily Wire is willing to like go that extra mile to go for it well see i think part of the reason why is they want to support you know gun rights and specifically you know the gun knowledge movement which is have giving giving people training even even uh, you know young adolescent people training for situations like this because 
again, part of the thing with Hollywood is they don't they're they tend to be more liberal leaning. Part part of what it is is they don't like acknowledging the fact that these things happen. And secondly, they don't like acknowledging the fact that even as children or even as adolescents, people that we consider children, they are still capable of defending themselves through means of violence. Yeah. They don't like the idea of violence, but at the end of the day, violence is needed to stop violence. It's um not to take anything away from Hollywood, like there are liberal leaning movies that I've seen in the past that were phenomenal, mm-hmm. incredible, oh, absolutely. But there, I, I, th- I, it shouldn't be the only message that should be received. There should be multiple perspectives, and I think that's what Daily Wire is trying to achieve. I, you know, I don't know too much about the Daily Wire. Did you, did you send us articles about? I, I sent a few. Yeah. The guy I just seen, but, um, they're, they're old. Um. Uh, but what's no? I went through the week. That's what. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's uh. In terms of what do you think of the Daily Wire, I think we need to get rid of the Grammys, <laughs> or at least the people the that Oscars. Yeah, the okay. Grammys are for music. Yeah. Oh my bad, the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, and because if you really think about it, um, they're the ones that kind of put, uh, I guess, creativity on. The lower shelf, like let's give let's give a great example, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God! God, look yeah. how long it took for him to get an Oscar, and that poor dude was he snubbed. was a phenomenal actor. He is yeah. a phenomenal actor. He the, is. Not was he is. When was his last movie? Uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that came out in 2019. Oh, did you guys see that? Wow. I did. I didn't, but I saw clips, and he's good. Yeah, he's good. But. uh I watched the clip of when he finally won the Oscars. Everyone, and I swear to God, everyone was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Finally. No, but I had an issue with that because for the movie that they gave it, I was like, fuck no. Fuck no. What was the movie? The Revenant. That's the one he won his Oscar for, and I was like, fuck no. With the bear mauling him and stuff like that? You didn't like, like that, that movie? I, I, it, it's not that I didn't like it. I didn't think it was Oscar worthy. Which, which out of all of his movies, what do you think was the most Oscar worthy? Obviously, people are going to talk about Titanic. I would say Inception is one of his. Is really Inception? Inception is one of the ones that you know people really talk about with Leonardo DiCaprio. Huh. Um. Okay. I, or Django. I'll disagree. Uh, Django is probably a better one. Yeah, Django. I like because. He he really gets you to believe number one in the guy's psychosis, and then two. Oh, Django's a good one, yeah. Yeah, Wolf of Wall, Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street Wolf is, is good. A good is a good one, one too. This is an old so one. So many good movies, but this is an old one. But have you guys ever heard of Who's Evil? What's eating Gilbert Grape? No, uh, I don't think this will fly today for obvious reasons. But he essentially plays someone who's uh, handicapped. Oh, but like he was so convincing in that role, people legitimately thought that he was. Mentally ill. Mentally ill. No, and it's not. Uh, it's uh, that reminded me of Tropic Thunder. Oh, can I watch this? What was uh, Robert Downey Jr. No, Blackface. no, no, not black. Oh, well, that oh, too. But, oh, you mean uh, uh, Ben Stiller with a yeah. going full retard? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's what it reminded me of. Do we know what that guy's name is? Oh, uh, Simple Jack. Oh, yeah, Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, Asians loved him. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't think you know to say that they're declaring war on Hollywood. I think is a little too far. But what I, I do like the fact that they're, that they're giving more, that their platform is growing. 
because from what I understand, the Daily Wire is it's a more conservative leaning um, news outlet that is now trying to branch into movies. Yeah. And one of the things that I like about them is the fact that they're like you said, they're letting harder to talk about topics be talked about in movies now. And in the past, you know, it's very hard to get those movies, you know, passed through in Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. And so now I think it's a good it's a good thing that this is happening because it's going to let people see a wide variety of movies and not just, you know, li- liberal leaning movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and to make it clear, the last thing I want is an echo chamber, uh, liberal or conservative. Yeah. I just want a different perspective. Yeah. I want them both to coexist equally. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Fucking hate you. <laughs> anyway, because <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest, both sides do have amazing stories to tell. Oh, absolutely, amazing stories. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making fun of me? <laughs> no, he, he's he's doing the echo chamber. Yeah, oh, echo chamber, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. For example, uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's a petition to fire Pedro Pascal for what he did. Yeah. Oh yeah, and if I'm gonna be honest, I disagree with that strongly. That, that oh, those people. Well, I disagree as strongly as I did for the people that wanted to fire Gina Carano. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I don't think it fucking yeah. unless they said something about the company itself. Fuck them. Yeah, like they're missing the fucking point of why people are upset about this. I I, I don't care that people are calling other people Nazis. I don't really care. They're good actors. They deserve to have their jobs. Yes, exactly. They worked really hard for like they worked hard for where they got to. Do not just take it away from them because of what they said. Exactly. It, it makes no sense to me. But anyway, you know, I think we've talked about that for, for a little pretty good amount of time. Yeah. Uh, do any any of you guys, we have like three minutes left on the topic. Do you guys have any, Bootman, Duran, do you guys have anything you want to add? Or, or? Uh, armor feels fantastic! <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> what the hell? Fuck you, was baby. That? I'm sorry. I, I needed to hear the yay. Where's my money? <laughs> Please. I'm good. All right. So, yuck. But, uh, but any. Oh. oh my god. Um. <laughs> in regards to the Daily Wire, like this is first, not the first time I've heard about, but it kind of is. Uh, since talk, I, I guess the to- uh, Daily Wire just kind of came up to me once we said, "Oh, let's talk about this in the podcast." I, I honestly, like in, in regards to your statement, Stefan Skins, I, I personally don't believe that uh, the Daily Wire is doing any purposeful retaliation towards what disney is doing i just say that like you know what um they're just trying to fill in the blanks of what we need N- not what we need but what we want what's uh, give me what people more pers- options yeah that makes sense no, that, that's what i think um but yeah in regards to gina carano hey she's more famous now Oh yeah, like she's follower, a lot more famous. So her her followers just skyrocketed, and I don't know if you guys know this, but her action figures are like selling like crazy. Oh yeah, I I oh, had I to buy some before they got too fucking out of hand. Oh dude, I kind of want to buy the Funko Pop of uh, Gina uh, Cardoon. Yeah, yeah, I already have those. Oh yeah, good luck. I mean, 
They're gonna be pricey now. Go to Entertainment Earth. They still have a handful. Oh, they do. They uh, last I checked, which was a couple days ago. So, um, but yeah. So. Oh, and also one more thing. Um, uh, Gina Carano is currently number one on IMDb now. What is IMDb? What? It's where they like rank celebrities based on their popularity. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're gonna go ahead and move on. this is our weekly reoccurring topic. Uh, what did the Huntington Beach man do now? Oh, boy. So. I don't know. I got to check my phone. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Orange County has started to have, you know, vaccination super sites for the COVID vaccine. That's fine and all. But this is something that happened that I, I, I think is just indicative of, you know, Huntington Beach. And that is that medical marijuana retail workers moved to the head of the vaccine line ahead of teachers. Wait, who? Ahead of teachers. Ahead of teachers. No, no, who is? The medical marijuana uh, retail workers. Essentially, people who work at dispensaries. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Exactly. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. Well, you never know what kind of people go into a dispensary, but then the same argument can be say in schools. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't. If, if I, I honestly, I honestly forgot about that. Holy crap! Yeah, exactly. That's why I brought it up because it's it's a good thing to talk about. Why? Wait, I I honestly cannot find you can't the perspective the, of how that could be possible. The idea is that there. The idea behind it, from what I understand, is that they're um, being viewed as, you know, pharmacists. I know it's it's a very <laughs> big stretch. I'm saying this is what I've heard is the argument. I'm not saying this is what I agree with. That's a stretch with some tears on it. I know. I know. Yeah, no kidding. But that is the argument they're using. I will say, though, of the two people, I'd give it to the weed people. If for the only reason is that weed people make people feel good. Okay. Teachers. If they don't feel good, we, we don't, don't feel good. good. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, we're, they're basically just doing it for the morale. Yeah. All right. People need weed. People don't always need teachers. <laughs> kids need teachers. People don't. As Yeah, because kids aren't people. Did you Not hear yet. that? Uh, oh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but did you hear that uh, over 60 teachers in Huntington Beach uh, are planning to walk if school's uh, mandatory now. Oh, yeah. I, I heard about that. It, it's another reason why they don't deserve the vaccine. Because I didn't think about it, but there's a lot of old teachers now out oh, there. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. There is and there isn't. Because you have that you have that stereotype where, where we were kids. Where were all the hot teachers? And now the new generation has all the hot teachers because our generation is becoming those teachers. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Is our generation hotter than the previous generation? We're Always. just younger. <laughs> we're, Always. We're just younger. But I was like, why, where was this proportion of... Like, we had all these old bats in the fucking schools. I think that was just elementary school. Middle school is when I started seeing improvements. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, there was still there a... There was hap- this one English teacher that didn't wear bras. Middle school? 
Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, I had a t-shirt that was just like this, and whenever she walked, they were like going different directions. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she hers were perky and nice. Oh. My mine was a history teacher. <laughs> history. That's when I realized that I have an attraction to all kinds of women, not just skinny ones. She was a BBW. She was massive. She was a BBW. I'll leave it at that. She had lots of power. My man. Yeah. She had colored eyes, which I didn't know was a thing for me. Interesting. Colored eyes. Like, not not brown. Okay. (laughs) I was about to say, like. Not Kakita brown. I was like, colored eyes? What were they? What what eyes do we have? White? (laughs) I see everything as black. (laughs) You're all demons in my eyes. But no, uh, <laughs> you, you know, just in honey- a way, that's a valid argument. <laughs> I know, but you know, Huntington Beach just never ceases to amaze me. That's why I love this segment that we have. You know, Florida of the OC goes to go. It goes to the people, whoever the officials are, that say medical marijuana retail workers move to the head of the vaccine line ahead of teachers. I, I love that. It was just awesome. I bet they made that decision while high. I would I'm, not be, be surprised. Frank, with the way how they treat teachers in this country, I'm not surprised. This is true. This is true. But no, I like what John said, which is they were probably high when they made the decision. I was like, you know at least one of them was. <laughs> you know one of them was. Try to guess which which group of people make the government more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah. you know who gets the vaccine first. Weed is a multi-million dollar, probably multi-billion dollar industry. So, yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the next topic, which is a little can be lighthearted, cannot be lighthearted, depending on how we how we go. And that is that cops are playing music to trigger copyright claims on videos to avoid being recorded. Or as Mr. Gee of the Horny Toads said, uh, cops fighting back. Just not call me Gee. Fuck. No. <laughs> Gee of the Horny Toads. Gee of the Horny. You got to say it right. Otherwise. Gee of the Horny Toads. Let's <laughs> call McGee. <laughs> anyway, as he as he eloquently put it, cops fighting back nonviolently. What do you guys think? That is both evil and genius. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think it'll hopefully it'll be like a deterrent to like the idiots that do videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Obviously, if a, if a cop does something bad, like actually bad, yes, you gotta record them. Mm-hmm. But for all the dumb dumbs that like just like to mess with cops and all that, or you know, uh, get in their business, I I, I hope that, that deters them because we could use less of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else got things to to say about this? Uh, no, I just got, me. I got something to say about this. Imagine two. <laughs> I thought we can't play copyrighted music. I only play the first in three seconds. Yeah. Oh, is that how it works? The copyright oh, laws yeah. allow you oh. to do that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I just. Let, let us not do that. Yeah. I only played less than a second. Jean. Jonathan. Bro. Jonathan. There's another way to say John. Besides Juan. Besides Juan. Jean. Jean. That's Jack. Stupid. That's what it is. That's another way. I learned something new. Hans is 
Oh my god. I just, okay, so I just had in my mind, imagine recording a cop beating someone with a baton to the Beatles. This is rock and roll, bitch! One of the worst professions to get into right now is being a police officer. Oh my god. So much shit. Especially if you're black. Oh my god. Like, imagine if you pull over a black person and you're just like, god damn it. No, 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 no. Like a black police. Yeah. Oh. Imagine them be like, oh, you Uncle Tom. Oh, yeah, that too. Other black people will just. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, are they like harsher on black cops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call them traitors. Oh shit! Yeah. A lot of them do. Some like, especially people in the ghetto. Uh-huh. They even even if they have you know they're not doing anything illegal, they don't like the fact that black people became cops because they believe the media's storyline, which is that cops help um, suppress minorities. Oh, that's yeah. Have you have you guys ever heard of the movie Boys in the Hood? Yes. No. I've seen it. It's an amazing movie. It there, is. There's a there's a, a scene there's a reoccurring scene with this black cop who shows up in the movie. Yeah. And uh, in the beginning, like the, the main characters had their house broken into, and so they called the cops. They show up like an hour later, and then like they were getting uh, they were putting in a statement on a black police officer, and he was like kind of giving them attitude, and then he, he was just like, "Is there anything else I can help you with, brother?" And then the the, the dad like with with an upset face was just like, "No, we're good, brother." Like no. very very like. Oh, no, but I, I would say in that movie, something that they that they showed was indicative, especially of the time in L.A., where black cops felt the need to overcompensate. Oh, yeah. Um, and as a result, you know, there was this mentality that as a black cop, you were probably more corrupt than a white cop in East L.A. Um, or in the L.A. area in general. They definitely showed that in that movie. In that movie, specifically... There is a cop who, for the main character, the Cuba Gooding Jr.'s main character, Trey, Trey, as a as a as a boy, he was just like, you know, are you okay, son? Whatever. But at but now that Trey is essentially an adult, getting ready to go to college, actually, he gets stopped by this cop, and out of you know, out of out of. Um, out of listen, out of listening uh, ears from everyone except Trey, he calls Trey the N word. Yeah, and it's just really indicative of you know how he views the rest, how he views that community, and the way he pointed that gun at him. Mm-hmm. Jesus, like that's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It was so well acted. Yeah. No, no, not oh. only did he do that, he, like, leaned his entire Shut body, like, towards on the car, and just, like, Send me that. forced the gun onto his forehead, like this. Bastard. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. No, no one can see, but, like, I was, like, I pointed my hand at Stefan Skin's, uh, like, like a gun, and then I just pulled my, my knife on him. So, nice. if you guys have never seen Boys in the Hood, I highly recommend it. Amazing movie. It's easily one of the best movies that helps portray the police brutality that happened during the 1980s um as far as you know a movie that helps portray you know um, police brutality brutality in general i would say watch straight out of compton the, the recent one with that uh, depicts nwa yeah okay. that one really helps you know show how number one cops attitudes were to uh, 
to uh, communities in LA, but also how attitudes change or how they need to modify when something new and never done before starts happening. Mm. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it for a good amount of time. We're going to spend quite a good amount of time talking about this topic. I've allocated about 30 minutes for this topic. Okay. The Mortal Kombat trailer. I'm surprised Gear the Horn isn't excited right now. It's because he's being a non-paying attention whore. He is truly Gee of the Horny Toads. Maybe if you want attention, all you need to do is ask. So we're talking about the Mortal Kombat trailer. Can I ask you with the look? Like, you know, the sleep with me eyes? You mean the fuck me eyes? That's my way of asking. Oh, you guys want to hear a funny story? No. So there was a journalist that made an article about the Mortal Kombat trailer. Yeah. Wow. You're a dickhead. Wow, that was hilarious, right, sir? What? Moving on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. Tell your story. Tell your story. So there was an article that was posted Faster. online. And um, it's the, this is the headline. Where is Chun-Li in the Mortal Kombat trailer? <laughs> in the streets where she belongs. Where she is street fighting. Vayanse a la chingada. Not here. For those of you, for those of you who grew up in the eighties and the nineties, you you only needed that half second clip, and you just had a blast from your past. Because you 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 want to imagine little Sam just almost throwing the controller, bruh, dude. (laughs) And this is when I'm older. I'll buy my own controllers to break. No, no, no. no, but uh, no, he was probably at the arcade. <laughs> hey, imagine little Sam at the arcade losing his shit. You break the joystick. No, you know, you know what's funny? So, I never, I had never played uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. I was Street Fighter mostly, and I never played Mortal Kombat until I went to Nickel Nickel for the first time. But because they were free, because they, they had the, they had those regular, you know, Arcade, mm-hmm. arcade style games mm-hmm. in the back for free. You could play those as much as you wanted. That was the first time I ever played Mortal Kombat, and I just remember seeing, you know, horribly animated, but pools of blood coming out, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And and from- like multiple rib cages from one person. Exactly. Oh, but I, I, I also wanted to say, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Mortal Kombat theme that was in the movie, right? That wasn't even from the games originally. No, it was from the games. From the games? Okay. No, actually, it was from the movie. It was, no, it See, I told you! The games never... Because, again, these were arcade games. The mm. theme might have come from the... Might have come from the... Uh, uh, the games, but the but the full, you know, song itself came from the movie. Yeah. Uh, w- w- what he said. No, we're not doing that. Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, so... What did we all think about the Mortal Kombat trailer? Fucking great. Oh, my God. Like, uh, when I first saw the trailer, it came out, I think, a couple hours before um, before I saw it. I think it was on Friday, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought they were coming out with a new game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, all right. 
And so I'm like, oh, okay, Sub-Zero looks nice. I'm like, oh, sh- I-, I saw guns. And I'm like, oh, so it's going to be like an RPG game. Mm-hmm. Right? Something different. And I'm like, wait, is that a real person? Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know his reaction to that, that was to Jax. He's not going to be able to masturbate ever again. <laughs> this is there is no hope. <laughs> no. I mean, he would be able to, but it'd be cold. No. No, 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 no. It's just like, it's stuck. Have you tried resetting? <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried turning it on and off again? <laughs> no. But, but in all honesty, it's the graphics. Mm. My God. it's uh, the, Well, it's the CGI. It's not graphics. Are the, the CGI mm-hmm. is... Probably the best I've ever seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Quite honest. Like what Avatar should have been. <laughs> no, you mean what The Last Airbender should have been? Oh yeah, The Last Airbender. Oh. It's not Avatar. There is no movie in Bossing, say. Exactly. What is this Avatar <laughs> speak of? Anyway. Um, More like M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's Fever Dream. There were no cabbages in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Where were my cabbages? But. No. My cabbages are all right. (laughs) (laughs) But myself and Gee of the Horn, are you happy now? God, yes. You little slut. Say it sexier to me, baby. (laughs) Uh, We both agreed that after seeing this, they have made an enormous leap forward. To producing a good live-action Avatar The Last Airbender movie and or TV show. Because, specifically what they did with Liu Kang and his fire. For me, it's it's, uh, it's Sub-Zero and his, uh, and, and his ice. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I don't agree with that is because, and I pointed this out, in X-Men Days of Future Past and in previous X-Men movies, they had already started building a foundation for ice formation use in combat although to to be fair to Gee, we didn't really see it used to a great extent until x-men days of future past um well even even then i, I did look at the films mm-hmm. um it's not as it's no, not it's, as good. it's not as well used as uh, how sub-zero uses it mm-hmm. and the reason i'm excited for uh for those graphics especially toward the ice is that's a step closer um, to actually getting um, CJ water. Yeah. Because seeing uh, that first scene where he grabs the gun and uh, just know, freezes everything. all the shots and freezing it. And then also when he makes his sword, it's very, it's, it's slow motion, like mm-hmm. water and stuff like that. And it freezes. Um, that's the thing for me. It's, it's slow mo. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the way it freezes. It's basically slow motion water. If if we can somehow improve on that, we'll and- see. I disagree only because the way ice is formed, it forms crystals, which are geometric shapes. Water doesn't really have a shape. Even when even when used in in water bending, it's not really shaped with, but. What I agreed with you in that the ice that they used was very clear, especially when he made that wall that he put Scorpion through, which, by the way, when I rewatched it the second time, all I could hear was uh, the main character from F is for Family saying, I'm going to put your head through that fucking wall! 
No. I'm gonna put your head on that fucking wall. Yeah, I was just like, you're getting better at that, dude. You, Thank you. You are. And I was just like, if only you could do ethnic people. But <laughs> instead people. of white people, but I do white people. I, I saw. So the clearness, as well as the speed with which they rendered that, number one, that was great. And then two, what they did with Liu Kang's fire, specifically when he made the dragon. Because at first, when we saw the drag, when we saw him, like you know, hit the ground with the fire and it going slow, I was like, "Oh, please don't tell me it's another last Airbender fiasco." And then I see the dragon, and I'm like, "Oh, no, it's not." Well, I mean, even then, um, when I saw the fire move, I knew it was CGI. Oh yeah, obviously, but it was pretty damn good. Yep. You know, compared to because they could they could use real effects to just kind of get the fire going. Mm-hmm. But the way they incorporated it, um, let's not even count the dragon when he has a like, little fireball. Oh, yeah. And the fire in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like, that's great fire bending right there. Yeah. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember the fire bending in. The last airbender. The last airbender. <laughs> I think the issue with it was the fact that they couldn't produce it themselves. Well, there was that, but and also. And then when, uh, when it was extremely the slow. character. Used it, but that's the choreography. I blame the choreography, really. Um, and then when I used it, it just didn't make sense. It, it seemed like he had no control over it. <laughs> to I'm, be quite honest, I mean, he was like, "Ah, now nah, how do I turn this off?" In any case, I, I, yeah. I, I told Gee that if they could incorporate those two aspects of those two CGI abilities, they have. Water bending right there, perfectly. Um, Let's talk about the choreography too. Choreography was it was it was great. Fucking and the beautiful. That they have the surprise. The actor for Scorpion is one of my favorite Japanese after if actors, if not my favorite. He's come out in the Wolverine, the Last Samurai, in Avengers Endgame. Do you know that actor's name? I know who you're talking about. I don't. I could probably recognize it if I saw it, but I, I don't know his name. Oh. Samurai! But I, I remember seeing him, and I was like, who is he? And then I saw the weapon he was using, and I was like, I know who you are. I know who you are. I knew who he was before he picked up the weapon. I didn't. I was like, um, who is this fucker? I'm surprised, because you're deeper in the lore than I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... The fan service that they give us, the oh. Easter eggs, oh my god. Oh. I am Sub-Zero. Get over here! Yep. Which, if you're gonna bitch about that get over here, you have... You're an entitled yeah. hoe. Because people were bitching about that one because it was slightly off-tempo. Or not tempo, I don't I don't want to throw music... music uh, terms in there i don't know about but it was off of what it originally sounds like where it's like get over here and in that one it was like get over here like it, it had like a half second or probably less than that of a delay from between over and here but it was enough for people to start bitching online well, I, it's uh it didn't i think the people's complaint was that it didn't go as smoothly as that because you know when when you have that, get over here. Yeah. It's it's very it's, it's got its own like little. Yeah, no, that's, that's what he was but, talking about. That's what I was saying. Is that the is that it was like off by like half a second or maybe less, but 
it was enough to notice and for a lot of people it was it wasn't okay and i'm just like shut the fuck up but really i i'm loving the choreography for the fights that they have Get over here. That's basically what it, what it was. They just didn't like the fact that instead of get over here was get over here. That it was too fast. Mm-hmm. But the voice, fucking I had no problem with. I, I was like, ah. Oh, I have no problem with him this. Because that actor, one of the best things about the actor that they chose for Scorpion is he is an athletic actor. He really gets into his roles. And, uh, I'm really happy to see that he's joined the cast. Other than him, I don't really know too many of the other actors that are involved in this Honestly, project. Honestly, now I'm listening to it. Like, okay, listen to it. Yeah, they, get over yeah. here. I'm trying to. It's too fast. I'm. Tra- yes, it is. But now I'm trying to process it, and that's all I care now. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't even notice it anymore. No, and it, and really, it comes down to, you know, are you a fan, or are you one of those bitching fans who bitches about continuity? But for those of you who don't know too much about the video games, I know, I know, uh... Oh, Yes, I, I really... That is so cool. But... For those of you who aren't real fans of Mortal Kombat or really big fans of Mortal Kombat, um, this is an action movie you will enjoy. Well, that. But one of the things that I really enjoyed in this one is they might have teased one of my favorite characters of all time. I have yet to fully confirm it, but I believe a character known as Noob Saibot is going to come out in this game. Noob Cybot? Yeah, that's his name. Noob Cybot. I'm, I'm still waiting for Johnny Cage. And for he's those, my favorite. He's your favorite? Yeah. Kaino wins. <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know... Uh, Kaino wins. Look at you, you fucking beauty. I love the I love the fan service that they give us toward the end. Oh, I love it so much. Fatality. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Finish him. Yeah, oh, I love that. I want to hear Fatality, though. But... No, the... Uh, for those of you who don't know who Noob Saibot is, that is the first evil Sub-Zero's uh, resurrected form. Uh, he is badass because he has teleportation abilities. And that is really my only reason for liking him. He does a teleportation and then suplexes your ass through the teleportation. I love that so much. Uh, but yeah, they, they did a whole lot. From what I saw, they, they have Sonya Blade, Jax... Liu Kang, Kung Lao, Raiden, Kano, uh, Shang Tsung. They might have Noob Saibot. They have Sub-Zero, Scorpion. Looks like they have Reptile as well. Melina as well. Uh, we don't know if Katana's in there yet, but given that Melina's in there, Katana's probably going to be, be in there as well. And maybe even um, Shao Kahn. Okay, so here are the... You're right, it's Noob Saibot. That, that is that... Uh, Fuck yes! That is that Sub-Zero, dude. Yes! Um, I was looking at the cast. So they have, <gasps> they have Sonya Blade, uh, Melina, Scorpion, Cole Young, who is gonna die. Oh, oh. <laughs> and for those of you... So, 
I was a big fan of Mortal Kombat. I still am a big fan of Mortal Kombat games, but I used to play them all the time. And in the one with the biggest roster known as uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, it had the biggest roster of any Mortal Kombat game ever. His name does not appear fucking anywhere. So for those of you who are like, who the fuck is Cole Young? Even he's no one. He's no. We don't. We don't know who the fuck Cole Young is. And look, seeing him go up against all those Mortal Kombat characters, he's gonna die first. <laughs> Most likely. But what what people were thinking is is that he is the second Sub Zero, whose name is Kwai Liang. I'm probably butchering his name. It's in Chinese, so I, I, I don't know. But I can't really uh, say it well. He's their names are in Chinese, but they they practice japanese customs i don't get that kwai liang bihan those are those are chinese names those are not japanese names could you imagine you know like uh scorpion wins or you know cole survives i need medical attention give me the needle I need the needle. I need morphine. <laughs> Give it to me. I just imagine Key winning one of those fights and going up to Joran and being like, Joran, give me the needle. Give me the needle. I need it. <laughs> Look at my fucking arm. <laughs> but just imagine him against all the other characters. He practices MMA. All the other characters are stone cold killers. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 masters of you know traditional martial arts. But on top of that, these fucking assholes are superhuman in one way or another. We we saw Kano literally rip a guy's heart out. No, we saw Sub Zero destroy. <laughs> A black man's arms. <laughs> destroy. Not pull off. Destroy. He so shattered. So for those of you who don't know, Jax is how Jax got his robot arms story has been retconned Retcon. so many times. In one, he has them torn off by uh Goro. Uh for those of you who don't know what Goro is, he's one of the he's one of the people that has four arms. He's also in this movie. He is also in this movie. Hello, Cole. Um, <laughs> um, he uh, <laughs> he he tore them off. In another in another iteration, and this is my, personally my favorite story of how he uh, how he got his robot arms. There is a manifestation of a collection of souls that is known as. Um, God, why? Ermac. Essentially, the idea of I am Legion for we are many, that is that is Ermac. He encounters Jax, deciding that Jax is annoying and not worth the effort to fight. He picks him up with telekinesis, puts him in a, in a essentially like in a crucifixion position and crushes his arms to nothing. And the the scream that he let out, <laughs> I, I I know that you know what, 
I've never been in that situation, and I can't fathom it. I'd probably die immediately from shock. But the scream that Jax let out, he sounded like a bitch. <laughs> he sounded like a bitch. He was like, ah! <laughs> and I was just like, you bitch. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like... I'm thinking to myself, you know, he just got his arms crushed. But then there's another voice, the ghetto voice in my head who's like, you bitch. I think we need to <laughs> remove one of your limbs to see how you would react. I know. I'm just like, fuck. Because I'm pretty sure you'd be even more wimpy than him. But see, that's my favorite one because fucking. Fucking. <laughs> Are we fucking Irish here? I'm fucking Irish. Uh. It was just so brutal. Just, and he did it so non, Ermac did it so nonchalantly. He did it with one arm, like fucking Magneto, fucking, fucking around with Wolverine. That's how we did it. In this one, don't get me wrong, it was still brutal, but at least he didn't have the danger of bleeding out. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I want to see Cole die, <laughs> dude. In all honesty, he's got the mark. Tell Scorpion or Sub Zero that. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's got the mark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want him as a playable character. So it's just like, I am Sub-Zero. I've got the mark. <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> at, at that point, I heard Woody Harrelson's voice of, You're probably gonna die first, but I like your attitude. <laughs> I, I, I want him to die because I don't want him to be the other Sub-Zero. I don't. I want him dead. Sorry, I know I cut you off. Could you just imagine? I am Scorpion. <laughs> I'm Cole. I've got the mark. You're, you're digging a hole, son. <laughs> yeah, you're digging a hole. <laughs> if I just say, like, I've got the mark, you're like, oh, I'm about to give you more. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, there's a reason you have the mark, right? Yeah, I'm supposed to compete in tournament. No, 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 no. <laughs> We skin you. <laughs> that mark has been in my family for generations. <laughs> we take heard? it off corpses. Have you ever heard of the game? Oh, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh shit. Fuck. I just imagine Scorpion like, oh, what did the mark look like again? He does the mark. Mm. Another one. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know what they say in my line of work? Run. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How is he going to die? I, you know he's not because they're portraying him as... They're putting him out as the main character, which I hate. But if he does... I hope... Oh, with the fire ability? Scorpion? No, 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 the other one. What's it? Oh, Luke King. Looking, looking, pass me your fire. Oh my god! <laughs> my arm! Why can't I get? Give me the needle! 
<laughs> Give me drugs. I need sedatives. <laughs> Jax, launch me. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you're the host. You're supposed to be more put together than us. I guess. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. <laughs> you broke it. My abs are... Sam. My wash hard abs. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right. Oh, I God. think we've essentially covered everything for the uh, Mortal Kombat trailer. Okay. Fuck. Fuck. Cold eyes, or I'm not endorsing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Endorsements. We're lacking endorsements. Uh, We're going to talk about something a little more more personal to me. It's a little selfish, but fuck it. I'm hosting this week, so. It is a lot selfish. It's a lot of selfish. But fuck it. I don't care. We're going to talk about my panic disorder, specifically my background and history with it, the aspects of it, and the consequences mentally and physically, and then we're going to end with a Q&A if I don't answer questions during the rest of it. Okay, awesome, guys. Let's take five and uh, <laughs> while up. he's talking, let's go grab lunch, yeah? <laughs> mahalo, mahalo. How do you feel in Hawaiian? <laughs> they have a Hawaiian garden over here. No, I'm just kidding. Is that a restaurant? I think Hawaiian so. Garden? I think so. I thought that was a metaphor for like a graveyard. <laughs> the most basic thing is a Hawaiian barbecue. That's 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 what they're all called. Chihu! <laughs> I'd go to a restaurant that's called Chihu. <laughs> <laughs> I would exclusively go to a restaurant called Chihu. So uh I one of my old coworkers, he also we also used to go to the same church. He's he's like sixty something years old. But he is he's a Samoan. Dude, every, t- every time he sees me, he he goes like, and it's it's great. He's a fun. I'm sorry, just, I I love Polynesian culture. They're awesome. They're great. But let's get back to the matter at hand. Anyway, the women have strong legs. <laughs> Do you know by experience? Didn't you hear Sam? Mm. <laughs> I'm ready. Anyway, uh, so. As far as the background and history goes, I'd say my panic disorder, the first time I ever had a panic attack was back in like 2015. And it was because I was waiting on, you know, results of a, on a physics test that I had taken, my final. That was the first time I'd ever gotten a panic attack, you know. So, didn't know what the fuck was going on. But part of me honestly thought I was dying. Or getting sick. After that, I never really had a panic attack again for roughly four years. Fast forward to July 2019. The first time I had, you know, first time I can really remember having a panic attack that was, I didn't know what it was. And again, I thought, you know, I'm dying or whatever. And after that day, I started having panic attacks fairly regularly, at least 
it it moved from two to three times a week to eventually happening two to three times a day and ultimately one day it got really bad i remember this day forever is august 28th 2019 which is the day that i had to pull over on the freeway and i had to call the paramedics because my panic attacks have developed into such a full-blown panic disorder that it became crippling and it was no longer safe for me to drive um and at that point i didn't have insurance so not that not that most insurance covers uh, an ambulance to begin with um but it was mostly the hospital bill that was really you know terrifying but at the end of it you know none of it mattered because i didn't know what was going on even after you know they said you know basically looks like you know you had a panic attack or whatever it still took me a long time to really understand that this was now a disorder it wasn't just a it wasn't just oh you're having panic attacks and this the fact that it was happening so frequently now meant it was a disorder it was this was permanent um and really it took you know I got to a really low place again to where I was contemplating suicide at one point um, because it got to such a point where, you know, just leaving my house for any reason sent me into a panic attack. Uh, Sometimes, you know, they were, they were simple where, you know, it's just numbness and tingling and other times it was like truly crippling where you know everything went numb my arms felt heavy um i could barely breathe and i had to stop and for like 30 minutes i had to walk around just trying not to pass out um so because of that i was contemplating suicide again and ultimately for the first time i reached out to see a therapist and finally you know we found a way to you know really understand it understand my triggers understand certain things and with that you know make a plan to move forward because one of the things that she said and is the hardest thing for people with panic disorders to hear is that this isn't going to go away Uh, there is no cure there really is no way to uh to stop them from happening uh in your lifetime you're probably going to experience more panic attacks than the average person and for people who don't understand what panic attacks feel like it feels like you're about to die so in in essence in those panic attacks you're you're getting a more intimate relationship with death in a way is, is how i describe it than most people most people normally have can i put in yeah go ahead I've actually had a panic attack twice mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. One, and uh, I don't know if it's the same way you felt, but uh, in elementary school, in sixth grade, I had a panic attack. It was because I was a... <laughs> Um, I wrote a note and 
it wasn't a note for children. <laughs> oh, shit. And the teacher got a hold of it. Oh, no. And they said they were, were going to talk to my parents. Now, um, <clears throat> the feeling that it had me feel was it slowly crept up on me. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it, it, at first it was, uh, you just think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the main problem with a lot of these, uh, disorders, especially panicking and mm-hmm. anxiety. You just, you focus so much on one thing, uh, that, and it's usually some negative, like, mm-hmm. like it was for me. Uh, the more you think about it, the more it just, it starts to get to you. Yeah. Now, uh, the way it got to me was I started having, tr- like like you, I started having trouble breathing, but uh, my whole body tensed up yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And the teacher asked if I was okay. And I told them, I, th- I think I'm freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what to call it. Yeah. And so, You're in sixth grade. You've never heard of it before. Um, you just said to calm down a little bit, and I did, you know, uh, at least I tried to, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't, it didn't get to the point where I just, you felt okay. Yeah, it got, it got to that point. But I'm trying to remember, oh, the second time was, um, when my parents found out that I had sex with someone oh, shit. <laughs> and the parents came of to the course. house oh now mind you that was a very different reaction <clears throat> yeah yeah out of nowhere <laughs> how was the conversation one-sided <laughs> no but i went to my room and uh i'll be honest like it, at that point, it wasn't it wasn't a slow build. It was from one second to the other, mm-hmm. and you know, got to the point where I contemplate, contemplated suicide. You know, yeah, suicide. Shit. What do you call that in in Japanese? Seppuku. Yeah. Well, there's two. There's seppuku and harikiri. Seppuku. There we go. But it's usually seppuku. That's the one that um, you're using. That was because you know I. I thought I was ruining someone's life at that point. Mm-hmm. It's 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 weird <coughs> high school drama and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, when I say contempl, I thought about it. Yeah, like I thought about the implications and stuff like that. Yeah, and then I said, you know, what? I should just deal with it. Yeah, and but um, and that has a lot. And a lot of people, when I've talked to them. And have have tried to help them through it. They say it's not that easy, uh, which I've never, jeez, which I've never understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mostly because our parents, the way our parents raised us, was uh, instead of, and they they don't like to admit it. I've I've explained it to them as to where they understand. Um, we're not very religious people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that my mom and dad regret in in some sense. Mm-hmm. But in place of religion, they taught us to 
believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, things don't always come to you, and this and that, and like whatever happens, you know, sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But all you can do is just pick yourself up and move forward. Yeah. Which, you know, has helped helped me through life. Yeah. You know, one of one of the sayings I like to live by is uh, something that uh, was said by Walt Disney: "Just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Just keep swimming. Just, just keep, keep swimming. swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming." And honestly, that's really that's a quote that's really helped me mm-hmm. through life. You know, another and that quote evolved into "fuck it, just." <laughs> just but. Um, <clears throat> You know, I've never understood that uh, just because of how we were raised. Mm-hmm. A lot of people obviously were raised differently from us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've I've had to have that talk with my parents because sometimes I I go a little overboard with the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with uh, religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, for most of their life, they thought I was a god this evening. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say that, it's like... All with they thought that with all the love and support that they could have for her son, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know it, it. You know we sat down and we really had a talk, my brother and I, and you know I told them, even though you think that you raised us not the right way, in reality you raised us in a way that we can fend for ourselves. Yeah. You know, we can, you know, apart from something happening to someone I most care about, um, I I could probably go through a whole crap load of stuff mm-hmm. without breaking down like most other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've and I've I've been through a lot, you know, abuse, uh, toxic relationships, mm-hmm. um, which at the time, you know, you think is the worst thing in the world. Uh, being a stupid teenager uh, but I also realized you know in my life that um, lots of people feel alone mm-hmm. and sometimes the best thing you can do is speak to someone because someone might not have the same constitution that you do because yeah. we were both him and I were considered strong willed mm-hmm. even though it was just natural to us mm-hmm. And for those of you who think that you need to be in a relationship to be alone, trust me when I say this, it will not help. The fuck? No, no, no. Rephrase that. Oh, for for those who are, like, alone because they feel like they need to be in a relationship, it won't help. Yeah. That sounds better. Yeah, I'll better. Really? Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Basically what he said, I'm just going to say exactly what you said. If you are if you are lonely and you think a relationship will fix it, uh, your your head's up your butt. Okay, see that's better because he said if you if you feel alone because you want a relationship, then you know it's okay. That's what that's what I heard him say. No, the, the, the second sense. time around he did he did he said it right, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. And actually, that was something that I I kept telling um an old ex of mine because. Uh, her, her family was toxic. Mom was toxic too for most of for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. But it, it but th- that's like a whole different 
demon all in its own, but it helps. Pain helps people relate to other people. It de- it definitely does. Um, you know? And uh, <laughs> one one because I, I want to circle back. Um, I don't I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, one of the things that I want to talk about now is like the aspects of panic disorder. One of the things you you mentioned is you didn't really understand, you know, how people can have like disorders. So I I know you've mentioned you have you've had panic attacks. Oh, sorry. I know you've mentioned you've had panic attacks. Um, and not to say that you don't you don't know what these people go through because to some to to some extent you probably know better than people who've never had one. But it's different when you have a panic disorder and you're having them quite often where you're at least having them a couple times a month to people who are having them multiple times a day. Like, like, like I said, when my panic disorder was at its worst, I was having like two or three a day. And really, it's, it has nothing to do with your, uh, with your mental constitution because for starters at, in having a panic disorder there doesn't have to be a trigger to have a panic attack so you can have a trigger so if something happens in your life that's like overly stressful or your anxiety is through the roof then yeah you're you're more likely to have a panic attack whether you have a disorder or not but there could be times where you know you're just chilling at home, you're watching TV or whatever, and all of a sudden you'll feel the panic attack creeping up on you, and you're like, "Why? There's nothing happening on TV that would make me anxious. I'm doing stuff to be relaxed." Yet, the panic attack is coming is coming full full swing. And what it comes down to is the fact that in a panic disorder. For whatever reason, something has gone wrong in your body to think, to make it think that it's in danger. That's, that's one of the things that, you know, my, my therapist helped explain to me was when you're having a panic attack, it's because your body is signaling to you. It's that survival mechanism. It's signaling to you that it thinks you're in mortal danger. It thinks that for whatever reason, you're about to die. So it wants you to be as, as prepared for that situation to prevent it if it, if you can the problem i have a, I have a question mm-hmm. uh when like do you know the source of these panic attacks by any chance like where it came from so no so that's the thing um i don't when it when it happened originally they uh the first time it happened in july of 2019 i had no idea why it was happening that's part of the reason why i was like am I dying? Cause I, there was no reason for me to be stressed. Like if I had been, you know, studying for a test or whatever, cause I had had one studying for a test and then I took the test and I didn't hear back on the results for a while. So that triggered a panic attack, but I knew because I was stressing about the test. That's why I had the panic attack. So I wasn't freaking out. Hmm. But in this case, there was nothing to really be stressing me out. But as I was driving, I had one and I didn't understand why. And so when people, when people develop a panic disorder, they can have triggers, but a trigger is not necessary for the panic disorder to take effect and for them to have a panic attack. Um, 
And one of the things that happens with people who have panic disorders quite often is they develop anxiety. They develop paranoia. Uh, they develop depression. They develop uh, self-harming tendencies, whether that comes from you know, physical abuse of themselves, starvation, overeating, um, emotional or physical abuse. They'll say horrible things to themselves. Um, and ultimately it'll, it'll start, you know, devolving into isolation. They'll start lying to friends and family. Uh, they won't really hang out with people even though they have nothing else going on. Um, and I'm guilty of a large majority of these things. And probably the only one I'm not guilty of is like physically harming myself by like, cutting myself or hitting myself or anything like that but as far as the rest of it i'm guilty of all of it um and ultimately it's it's that cycle of you know coming to terms with what you have and and not having the tools to be able to deal with it Mm. Um, so what do you do to help you cope with these uh, situations so to help cope with the situations um Anxiety is now uh, an ordinary place in my life. The thing is, anxiety is a normal thing that everybody feels. We all have anxiety. Um, What really helps to understand is, you know, there are things to be anxious about and then there are things to not be anxious about. And one of the things that helps is to really start talking to yourself and saying, you know, is this something to be anxious about or is it not? Like, what what are the constant, like, go through the steps, you know, go through the steps of what are the consequences of if this doesn't get done, what's going to happen? Or if this happens, what what's going to be the end result? And really start going into that. That That is something I find that helps me. Hmm. Again, everybody's different. Um, as far as, you know, what I've done to help deal with the panic disorders and and all of that, all of that stuff breathing techniques to you know essentially signal to my brain that you're okay you're fine um a lot of times what i'll do is if i feel a panic attack coming on depending on how i'm how it's presenting itself i can tell whether it's going to be a really bad one or if it's one of those that i can actually suppress Mm. um and if i can suppress it what i'll do is i'll use that breathing technique and eventually it'll calm my brain back down to a level where it no longer has it no longer thinks there's any reason to be afraid that it's in danger or anything so it just relaxes then there are other times where and it's funny and i'm gonna bring it up and you guys might think it's weird but when i feel the tingling and and bless you when i feel the tingling and the numb and the numb feeling go to my left ear very odd place it's a very odd place for it to go but as soon as i feel it go there that's when i know it's a bad one Mm. and that's when i know i can't suppress it so in those situations a lot of times when it's hit me it's hit me while i'm driving home okay i have another interesting question do you Mm -hmm. ever feel secondhand embarrassment for another person like if they have a panic disorder or a panic attack or or not necessarily a panic attack but when someone does something very embarrassing do you feel embarrassment for them because I've discovered that people with panic disorders tend to have that. I think to some extent I do, but 
for the most part, you know, I don't really feel all too embarrassed. Like, they have to do something that's, like, really embarrassing where, by proxy, I'm being embarrassed. But if they do something embarrassing where when I'm not around, I don't really feel embarrassed for them. No, but, like, you actually saw it. Like, even, even if I saw it, but if I'm not, not, like I said, like, if I'm not in the immediate area and I see it happen, I'll think it's embarrassing for them, but mm-hmm. I myself won't feel embarrassed about it. Okay. But... You- it, you know what's really bizarre? Mm-hmm. I feel secondhand embarrassment for other people, but I don't feel embarrassment for myself. I mean, it could come down to, you know, how you feel embarrassment affects you, how their embarrassment affects you. Uh-huh. And the fact that you don't have these feelings of embarrassment is because you don't really think that anything you're doing is embarrassing. Yeah, Like it takes another person to come out and tell you, that's embarrassing. I think it has to do with the fact of their their like their intent and how they feel about it. Like if they, I, I can tell when someone doesn't care if they get embarrassed. Yeah. But then there are times when people are trying to be cool, but then they come off as like, and like they they intend to they just come off as something else and they mm. get embarrassed. I feel that. Yeah. Like you. I honestly don't give a shit. And. <laughs> but but no, I mean, makes sense. And here's here's the thing. So. There's, there's a lot of different aspects to panic disorder, but I'm just going to go through the main ones. Panic attacks are a normal thing for you. Mm-hmm. Never going away. Anxiety, you're going to have higher levels of anxiety naturally than anybody else. Naturally, you're going to retain weight more. You're going to gain weight more. Um, and you're going to have a lot of physical pain because because your body is exhibiting a lot of, you know, it's releasing a lot of chemicals, essentially prepping your body for a worse, a worse situation outcome. Your body is not designed to do that a lot of the time. So the fact that it keeps doing that, it then starts, you know, deteriorating your body. So you start getting physical pain. Like right now, I am in, I have nerve pain all over the left side of my ribs, all over my back. And that's just normal now. That's that's a normal part of my life now. Um, because that's just something that happens when you have a panic disorder. Um, but to answer, to, to better answer your question as to, you know, how I cope with it. Uh, each person's going to, have their own coping mechanisms you try to find healthy ones like for me my healthy ones are singing writing uh hanging out with you guys the best one that i have is working out um and that was actually something that i gave up doing because of my developing the panic disorder because in my mind it was not safe to work out i thought i was going to have a stroke i thought i was going to have a heart attack i thought my lungs were going to collapse all of these things that made no sense for me to think that the, like I had no reason to believe any of this was going to happen. Even after all the blood tests, even after I saw all the doctors, even if the, after I went to all the emergency rooms, everything was telling me I, I was okay. But my own brain was refusing to believe it. It, for whatever reason, there was something in my brain, in my body that refused to believe that it was okay. And, um, like I said, I didn't have the tools at the time to really, you know, how 
know how to deal with it. So that's why I started isolating myself. That's why I started to um, uh, really do do a lot of uh, fall fall into the, a lot of the um, black holes that that people with panic disorders who go without help for a long time they fall into. Uh, I stopped eating a lot because, again, I thought if I'm in such danger of having a stroke, uh, uh, I need to stop eating a lot. So I started eating less and less and less. And it got to a point where I would where my body was in this mode of starvation that the minute I would eat. My whole body went into pain. Because it was thinking that. There, there is no food and then I suddenly introduce a large amount of you know calories or food or protein or whatever and it didn't know how to it didn't know how to respond to that anymore so it just really you know it got really bad okay. uh, and so one of the things that helped really helped me was obviously seeing a therapist especially for for the listeners, if, if you think you have a panic disorder or if you've been diagnosed with one and you don't know what you're de- what you're dealing with or how to deal with it. Um, I say. If you're really feeling, you know, you know, horrible, if you find because here, here's here's how I eventually made the decision to talk to a therapist. I was staying up to about two or three in the morning. At 12, I said I was going to go to sleep. I was staying up till about two or three in the morning, just sobbing uncontrollably. And it wasn't even because I was watching, you know, sad things, which I am guilty of. I am guilty of the uh, occasional emotional CrossFit section. Um, But then there were times where, you know, I was just in so much pain or I, my mental state was just so low that I was just finding myself crying uncontrollably for about two to three hours. And one night, you know, I was really, you know, contemplating taking myself out. And I was like, you know, I need help. I was thinking, okay, should I go to a hospital? Uh, Should I? Because I I started looking at, you know, where's the closest psychiatric hospital? I I was like, well, then if I go there, what what are the implications of that? Are they going to, you know, say that I'm disabled and that I have to live there forever? Or what have you and so finally i reached out to somebody at at my school and thankfully you know they respected all my wishes and they put me in touch with a therapist and the therapist you know really started helping me with with everything and at that point you know she she made me feel mentally safe enough to give working out a try and by that point you know i had started turning things around um my diet started getting better. I started working out again, which made me feel better. And most importantly, you know, I started dealing with a lot of the other feelings that I was dealing that had come up because of it. And it helped me, you know, get over my depression to a great extent. But, you know, the tolls that it has on the body are very far and, and very, uh, uh, very taxing. So like when people say, you know, it's a panic disorder, you know, if you got to deal with it, you got to deal with it. And it's like, I mean, that's true. Eventually you're eventually somebody who has a panic disorder is going to develop that mentality, but you're, 
especially if you don't have a panic disorder, but even if you do, especially if you do, you should never say that to somebody else who is dealing with one. Because at the end of the day, they may not be ready to deal with it. And they need help to deal with it. So my last tidbit of advice going on this, because I want to wrap it up here real quick, um, is if you're encountered with somebody who is ha- who has you know a diagnosed panic disorder or even just somebody who has a panic attack the worst thing you can say to them is relax calm down or um there there's one other um people have it worse than you that too but really it's the relax and calm down ones I know there's another way to say those things, but the relax and calm down, the thing you need to realize with people with panic disorders or people who are having a panic attack, the reason why they're having it is because they literally cannot calm down, especially for people with panic disorders. Physically, they cannot calm down anymore. The only thing that is acceptable to, to, to say to them as, as like, as an order to give them is just breathe. Because that's what happens for a lot of people who have panic disorders is they'll start hyperventilating or they'll stop breathing altogether and they'll pass out. So, you know, you can tell them breathe or breathe slowly if they start hyperventilating, you know, just like breathe slowly, you know, you're okay. Just just make them just you can say you're okay and you can say just breathe. Um, And if you want to ask them a question, just be like, are you okay? Can you still hear me? Things like that. Just to make sure that they're okay. That they're not about to pass out. But otherwise, you know, it's one of those things that you just have to write out, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's my TED Talk on panic disorders. Or my panic disorder, yeah. I should say. You want to you wanna go yeah. first? So just to, I actually have something to tell you guys. I'm actually recently seeing a life coach to help me with some stuff. Nice. What I'm going through is different from you. Mm-hmm. I, I have low self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I feel like I'm the weakest of every group that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the lowest. In and what but, sense? Huh? In what sense? In what, like, I don't add value to anything. Mm-hmm. But, but like, uh, what she's told, what my therapist told me that actually pertains to what you just said is that a person is basically like a car. You can drive it for a long period of time but there is going to be a time where you're going to need to do some maintenance on it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there are going to be those who are going to ignore it. The car is going to work fine, but uh, over time, it's going to cause some damage. That it's going to be irreversible. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure that you got to like get that shit handled mm-hmm. so that you can become better in the future. Absolutely. But like, just to be clear, I'm actually doing a lot better now. Nice. I'm glad, man. I'm glad that you two are... Um, seeing, I guess, therapist. You said life coach, right? A life coach. I mean, I'm not seeing my therapist anymore. I'm I'm at a I'm at a point where I don't need to have sessions at this point. But you know, you got help, and you realize that you guys need help. Um, and well, now, well, even though you don't see your therapist no more, even though even though you see your therapist no more, uh. I think it's I think it's safe to say that you still have a good support system with us. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, even if you do need a therapist, at the end of the day, we're here for you too. Yeah. 
This is this is a very very wholesome podcast, guys. You're What's the difference? Okay, I'm, I want to ask this. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack? So anxiety really, it's because of too much stress. So to have an anxiety attack, usually, because um, they're because they're used as interchangeable terms, which I'm assuming they're not. They're not. In an anxiety attack, it's usually because there's a stress that's happening. Usually, um, usually it's because oh, you you think um, you don't you don't think you're gonna pass a test, or um, you think you might suffer a rejection or something like that. Their symptoms are very similar to one another. I'll tell you that. The way that they're diagnosed differently, however, really comes down into what led up to it. In a panic disorder, in a in a panic attack, the main thought process that go that happens during a panic attack is, again, you think you're dying. Number one, and then number two, whatever you were doing that led up to it, typically involved at some point you thinking your own life was in danger, or that you were at risk of physical harm. Like I'm sure in your case, when you had the panic. When you had the panic attacks, you were you were thinking uh, the risk of physical harm, or am I wrong? You were thinking somebody was about to whoop that ass. I don't think my mind got that far. It, I think it was just, but you know, I associate back then. I associated trouble and stuff with probably violence. So, but uh, my main thought was. I'm gonna get in trouble. This is a really bad thing I did, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah. So it really, their their symptoms are very similar. Ultimately, the distinction comes down to you know what led up to it, as well as what's the thought process once they happen. In an anxiety attack, typically it's when anxiety just gets completely out of control, where it looks like they're just running back and forth. They look erratic. Their behavior is erratic. They're they're just moving back and forth. They're talking too fast. Like you're like, dude, what 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 the fuck? Calm down. Like you're, you're like you you try to you try to get them to relax because they're moving too fast. And you're like, dude, just sit down. You know, breathe. Just take a breath. Tell me what's on your mind because those are the things you need to do when somebody's having an anxiety attack. Is right now they're thinking about too many things at once. And their anxiety is through the roof. And at this point, their body doesn't know how to deal with it. So that's why it tries to get out this excess built of, of energy by walking around, by talking louder, by talking faster. For some people, they get violent. They start hitting tables. They start moving chairs out of the way. They'll start cussing people out. Because, again, the body doesn't know what to do with all of this excess energy. So in those cases, you know, really to deal with somebody having an anxiety attack, you would want to tell them, you know, sit down, breathe, tell me what's going on. Hey, uh, guys, just a heads up. I think we have a call. 10 minutes? All right. But, but uh, to be honest, you know, I have had, I've seen a couple people. I've, I've even called them weak world because mm-hmm. they have anxiety attacks for things that they really shouldn't mm-hmm. they're just you know complaining um 
Yeah, I will have to agree that there are instances where there are certain things that you, like you shouldn't, but it's really hard to tell because every person's different at the end of the day. I mean, no, it's just for me, it's just common sense. Mm. <laughs> uh, I I like to talk a lot about common sense just because my dad used to bring it up a lot. Like, you should have common sense. <laughs> you know, if you do this, this will happen. This and that, and this and that. And you don't have common sense. And now I've developed common sense. <laughs> right. um, one thing that I'll say is that uh, in this instance, in this case, uh, a lot of times, the way I see it uh, was non-objectively mm-hmm. is people who develop those disorders tend to think a lot. Yeah. Like, in an abundant, like, in a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I will say this about you. You know, you, you think... I think a lot. A lot more than I do. <laughs> yes. Um, I yeah. People could say like, that I overthink and I would not be offended. Yeah. <laughs> I overthink. And, uh, I don't... I don't like this. Like, I, I, I do feel for you. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I don't see these um, things as, like, I guess, disorders... Mm-hmm. Or just in the mindset that like, that's why I also asked to a difference between anxiety and yeah yeah and panic, which is fair. I I, I think that's a fair question to ask. Anxiety attacks. I would say just you know, Get stop thinking too much about it because mm-hmm. when you th- like, I've thought of the concept of death and what happens after life. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> the, the worse you're, just, I, you know, you're like, fuck, <laughs> and then, you know, just oh, in my, my mind, it's over. <laughs> oh, I, I, I in had, my mind, I say, you know what, shut, I had, stop thinking about it. See, okay. here's the thing, I had that conversation, but it would take way too long to explain it. But I know exactly what you mean, because you start thinking about yourself yeah, and then yeah. death and dude, I, you just. I had three or four therapy sessions with my therapist. These are our sessions, by the way, where we talked about all of this. Professionally paid. So, do you get, like, super meta? Do you get super meta? Like, what do you mean super meta? Like, do you get into, like, an existential crisis when you talk about these things? Not anymore, but at the time, hell yes. Existential crisis means is you start thinking about your place in the universe and you start realizing how small you are or how you may or may not even exist. Like, you start going into conspiracy theory. Like, that's why I say... Oh, that- shit. Yeah, that happened. And I told myself this. Yeah. I, this is what I basically did. Stop it. Yeah. And that's, that was the end of it. I stopped thinking so, about it. I felt better. But... So, I... It's rare that I have an existential crisis. Uh-huh. But when I do... It's bad. No. The lights are off. I'm in bed trying to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. As, as the only time it ever happens. But my goodness, I'm like, well, see, that's I'm what panicking. I'm like, what? Well, yeah. well, see, a lot of people will say that's exactly when it happens because their minds are the most empty. Yeah, so, exactly. So they I actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's like they they're trying to think of something to fill that void of of thinking because they're so used to thinking. So that's what that's what pops into their head, and it, it's it's bad. But go ahead. I I don't know why, but I the thought of having an existential crisis. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it anyway. But I've actually thought about these things a lot, and I think it's really cool that there are many possibilities of what we're living in right now. Oh, it, it, I want to say it's your mindset. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of us, um, 
the one thing about uh, and I will say this about having low self-esteem is that you feel you have no place in the universe whereas we were taught you do because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're Latinos are- because <laughs> we're Latinos, uh-huh. you know, um, and white people always need just, a brown person to slap them across the face. And you're thinking about all these possibilities. And you're like, you know, this is it would be nice to be one of those. Whereas we're like, oh, my God, I don't know where I'm going in life. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're already there. You're like, I don't know where I'm going in life. I've had that fear before yeah. dude i'm almost 30 i still don't know <laughs> see <laughs> that's the secret nobody fucking knows. exactly but, um going back going back to that just and i do have a uh i do know a close friend who likes to say they suffer from that existential like crisis no 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 anxiety attacks oh okay and you know, won't do things out of their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Saying that they'll have a... They have a reason for it. Which I don't... I don't believe, I don't see, but I do know... uh, I know panic Mm -hmm. attacks are probably more extreme as opposed to anxiety. But at the same time, you know, my in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking... Because you've also... uh, You know, just don't think about it, but you've also said that your body sometimes gets into that into that mode even without being uh, without thinking about it yeah even without being like a triggered yeah so uh, they say there's no cure but you developed the disorder you weren't born with it yeah that's true so it's just uh, no and that's the thing it's considered a mental illness right yeah it's a it's considered a mental health illness and it's actually one of the one of the most severe up there with depression. It's panic disorders, depression, and then um, and we could also talk about depression too, because I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like the term depression and depressed mm-hmm. because I think those two are different. They are like uh, you having depression. Like there's obvious cases where it's like a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like you can't really do anything about, but then a lot of people like the category as being sad, as being depressed, yeah, and having depression, which is, is not the case. No. But it, it's it's like a whole nother conversation that we could have like over several podcast episodes. Oh yeah. But anyway, I want to wrap up with one lighthearted note because it it got really you know wholesome, but also pretty dark. We all love you, Sam. <laughs> we love you, dear Sam. I we love all of y'all. In reference to your whole life coach thing. You know, I'm glad that you're, you're, uh, are you finding value in, in yourself? You know, I'm, I'm glad that's, I'm taking care of my body now. That's good. My man. That's a, that's a step in the, in in the right direction. Also, my body fucking hurts. Uh, Join the club. Well, you're, you're the oldest of all of us. So I assume yours is going to hurt more than all of ours. (laughs) (laughs) But to end on a light, to end on a light hearted note. We're going to go over this. We had we had made it a topic a few podcasts back, but we never got around to it. We're going to briefly mention it here. And that is that Disney Plus is going to come out with a Wakanda series. Ooh. Where it's not only based off of, you know, Black Panther, but it's going to be based off of the entire 
country of Wakanda, like all the cities, all the different tribes, the culture. I, for one, can't wait to see that because I want to see, number one, how big this fucking country is. And two, how the tribes interact with one another and how the culture is different between each tribe and how their cultures, you know, sort of mix to make the big Wakanda. Do you know if it's going to take place after or before the events of Black Panther? From what I understand, it's after the effects of um, of uh, Endgame. Oh, dope. Yeah, so it's going to be based off of now that Wakanda is open to the rest of the world, somewhat open to the rest of the world. It's going to be how... Uh, again, it's really to see how the world... How Wakanda interacts with each other, mostly, but also to see how it interacts with the rest of the world. And I, I for one, can't wait to see that. I, I like, from what... Uh there are people that have been isolated from the rest of the world. So when they see uh, people from the outside, I, I could I could see like there's going to be a sense of prejudice or a superiority because mm-hmm. the Wakandans have like superior technology. And I can see them being like, why do we need these le- this lesser tech and this lesser government to help us? We'll see. I can see no, that happening. Actually, that's, uh, that's not the way that... Uh, that T'Challa... Oh, no. Um, um, worded it... I was referring to the citizens. They might have a different opinion. This, from what I understand, all the tech is being outsourced. It's not none of their tech really is being insourced. They're just sharing their wealth of information yeah, to the outside he, world. But what he's saying is that now that Wakanda is going to be open to other people coming in, some of these people are going to try to you know say that oh we have this technology to do this, and that the Wakandans are going to see that and they're going to be like. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> They're gonna be like it's primitive. Well, I mean, I would say, okay, let's uh, like for example, like they uh, have one joke that they made. You know, we're opening ourselves up to the nation. Why don't we start small? Why not have a Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I would assume, you know, they have they do have the technology. Would it be but funny? if you oh. if you look at how they live, it's still very. It looks. It looks like. It looks like an African nation, honestly. This is what I want to see. The first scene in Wakanda, like there's a Starbucks. Like, there's... there's <laughs> their, their, their country is not westernized at all. No. and, and Like how you would see some, some countries uh, adapting. Mm-hmm. So, I would assume that... Obviously, they don't have something like Starbucks. <laughs> well, 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 see, one of the things that I want to see is... How how much of a class system exists? Because obviously they have a royal family, and then they have the tribes, the different tribes. Um, and within the tribes, there are high-ranking people, and then there are the just the regular members of the tribes. What I want to see is: is there a class system within the tribes themselves, and is there a class system within Wakanda? Because as we saw, you know, in Black Panther, it was limited what we saw in terms of what the commoners you know sort of what their lives are like but is there poverty in wakanda is is there you know you know uh sort of uh segregation is there you know oppression but see uh i will mention that there was you saw a little bit of segregation between the white apes yeah the white gorillas what, what are they called um what gorilla? no 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 i know i know I know what he's talking about. Um, the tribe, the white, the great ape, or whatever. Uh, the white gorilla, yeah. Is that what it's called? Are you sure? They're, they're God. 
their not the white devil, the white their, ape. Their god is Anuman. The um, what was their tribe called? The Jibari. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, they were segregated a little bit because they just didn't want to deal with. They uh, they didn't they didn't agree with. Uh, they don't God. they don't revere um, the same god goddess as everybody else. Yeah, they uh, like I said they revere their uh, gorilla god and not the panther god, uh, Bast. But they also again they didn't agree with the modern they didn't agree with the modernization of Wakanda. Um, a oh, lot really? they didn't know. Son los campesinos de Wakanda. Plus, they didn't want to live under the rule of a of a. There we go. Of another person, of another tribe's leader. That's where I was going toward. That's why they were segregated. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of poverty in Wakanda, since we mentioned tribes, really, I don't. Uh, obviously, there's different rank. I would say there's different ranking tribes. But mm-hmm. in all honesty, seeing how how it is, I don't think there would be any poverty really. As opposed to, I want to say jobs that each one is is given. Mm-hmm. You know how in villages there's just hunters gatherers and. No, I mean, I and and I get stuff that. Like that. But it, it it would just be curious to see because again we've we've seen from what we've seen of Black Panther. It's hard to say that it would exist, but again we only saw very a very limited amount, and Wakanda is such a big country. I want to see if there is you know. Number one, you know, is there rate? There, there could still be, you know, uh, not racism, but um, no rape. Rape. Uh, there probably is some. Well, uh, but what, what's the word? Not, not when is racism, but um, uh, scrutiny. No, um. Get out of my tent. Define the word you're looking for. I feel like that would be a case when they're going to have more foreigners coming in. Define the word you're looking for. Xenophobia. No, not xenophobia. Because that is in regard to the race. My dad asked me to write in the thing for it. Um, well, okay, d- define the word for me. Scrutinized? No. There you go. Discriminated. Oh. Like if there's discrimination within, oh. um, within Wakanda. Because... Not so much racism, I don't think, because they all pretty much look well, the same. Well, you brought up a class system, and that immediately made me think of India. Yeah. Um, they have a caste system. Um, mm. And actually, colonial Latin America had a caste system, too. Exactly. Um, but India had it where you could you, you, you're part of the, you could be part of the caste system, or you can be an untouchable. Like, the untouchables were not even part of the caste system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know what qualified these people to be untouchables. But if a similar system ha- happens in Wakanda, there could be poverty not because the, because of your normal reasons, but because literally that's the culture. We're like, oh, because you were born an untouchable or you were born a peasant or whatever it was, you don't deserve to live in the house. You don't blah, blah, blah. So who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, um, every society has its skeletons in the, in the, in, in the, in the closet. Exactly. And, um, you know. Uh, Wakanda right now, the way Marvel's kind of portraying Wakanda, Wakanda is it's almost like like a like a like a African utopia. Yeah. Which, um, you know, realistically speaking, I and mean, this is why this is only my realism. Realistically speaking, in the it, it, within the rules of of of, of what, a, what a human societies are like, 
that's, that's just not the case. There's always going to be a, a skeleton. There's always going to be you know something bad that, that goes on, you know, behind which, closed doors. And um, which I, I think is going to be the Jabari. Just maybe, but the way I, I the no, way I see it, the way I see it, I could I could you to my children. I could see Marvel unrealistically um continue to continue to unrealistically portray Wakanda as as a perfect mm-hmm. utopia because that's that kind of like the liberal narrative. Like you know, oh, if if if, if black people had a civilization, that was, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be perfect. Which that's a lie because Mali happened, and so did Egypt. No, no, those those weren't perfect. I, I hope they I hope they go to in the direction where, uh, yeah, like like you said that Wakanda isn't exactly perfect. I mean, it's a utopia in many ways, of course, but there are still those who are struggling in the one in like the bottom like what twenty percent. But I don't think. Uh, uh, that that great ape tribe would be uh, the Jabari. Yeah, would would be the protagonist. I think no, I, his old friend. You, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the guy one who, that the rhino guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I get that. Um, but no, I was actually thinking about this. So the Jabari have officially at this point, you know, rejoined the council, which means they're no longer in isolation. Which would also mean that they're now going to be truly incorporated into the uh, the government and the infrastructure of Wakanda. From what I understand is everybody, all the other tribes, even the royal family, did not look kindly upon uh, the Jabari. And the only reason why that sort of changed was because they helped in the civil war that um, happened in Black Panther and then later during the invasion of Thanos. But even though those are two big events and important events, there's still centuries of, you know, just the Jabari being isolated and essentially being pitted as the bad people of Wakanda. Yeah. To suddenly have them integrated, I feel like there's going to be a lot of discrimination there. there. And I think that would make for an interesting an interesting you know story where even like like you said john where marvel's gonna try to portray it as a utopia even utopias as much as you may think they are what you call them they're not give me your food but keep your meat we are vegetarians <laughs> and usually a, a, a utopia is really just a dystopian disguise exactly because if you know like was it 1984? Right? Everyone, everyone always talks about like in terms of politics. Oh, this is going to be like 1984. Like, okay, if 1984 actually happened, you wouldn't know. You would not know that it happened. That's that's the whole point. Well, what's what's funny to me is that people have this this real perspective of you know how close we were to the Cold War, and I'm like, do you understand how close we really must have been? The fact that we knew that a Cold War was this close from happening. Like, by then the CIA and the KGB, the secret agents, you know, era was in full swing. We would have known about all of that. They, they, I mean, they knew about all of that. So the fact that we started knowing meant a whole lot of shit was going down behind the scenes that we didn't know about. It's like, fuck. But in any case, I think that's a good place to, you know, stop the podcast. Again, this has been Theo Sam. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at SRBL 3.14 and follow the Wolf 
Breakers podcast at Wall Five Breakers. And now go ahead, Joren. This is Joren the Chemist. Uh, please follow the Wall Breakers Instagram, where it has the link tree as well. Uh, Wall Five Breakers. And uh, my Instagram handle is I don't what the fuck um, is Joren underscore two two nine, and that's really about it. It would appear that Stefan Skins had to step out for a second. So I'm going to name him under... Oh, fine. This is Stefan Skins. You can follow me on Instagram at step.roro. And don't forget to follow Wall5Rakers as well. For the audience who didn't know, I threw a, water, or threw a vitamin water at him. How dare you? I, I specifically asked for that for that Gilbert Godfrey voice. But also, uh, this is this is... John the Flute Man. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Cali Flute Man. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is also Flute Man, no spaces. Uh, follow the podcast on our Instagram at Wall Five Breakers. Uh, if there's a comment section, if you I don't know if you listen to Spotify or uh, SoundCloud, but if there's a comment section, leave comments. I, I would love to have a discussion in the comments. Yes. Uh, on our Instagram, there's a link tree for all the other stuff that we may or may not have mentioned. And uh, oh, and if you want to hear Gina Carano on our podcast, message her like crazy, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I'd be so down. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm thinking about getting a TikTok at some at some sometime some, some soon. So oh, I have a TikTok at Theo Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I'm thinking about getting a TikTok at some point. I don't know when. I don't know if I'll get one by the time this podcast is up. But it, I it I, I'm warming up to the idea. Long hair. And John, do the thing. Sexy glasses. <laughs> no, do the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, this is Give the Horn. You can follow me on Instagram. Finally, at GKT Music. Uh, that's GKT Music. And also, please follow Wall 5 Breakers. I already have some videos up uh, on my Instagram. So check that out And uh, Yeah that's about it Thank you everyone Say something I did I did already Yep I did